0: Good morning. It's great to be here. If you don't know who I am, I'm the youth and young adults pastor at Grace. Obviously, right? The old guy with the young kids. Um, that that sounded creepier than it should have been. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm privileged here today to, uh, to, to open God's Word with you, and uh, for us is to dive in and see what God wants us to hear today. And what do we want to talk about? Just kind of uh, before we get started, we all want to be loved, do we not? Yeah. There we go. Good. Especially, you know, husbands and wives, friends, we all want a relationship. We want friendships that have love in it. We all know those friendships that don't, they don't last long, do they? You know, husbands, your wife, does she want you to love her? Does she want you to do things because you love her? Yes, right? We know very quickly if they think we're doing something because we have to or that, we, you know, we're supposed to without any love. And they, they feel that emptiness. They feel that hollowness. in in the acts and what we do. And same with wives. You want your husbands, right? Wives, your husbands want you to do the same, to have that relationship because you love them. To do those things, not out of tasks or not out because you're supposed to, it's because you love them. Friendships, your friends, you want to spend time with them. You want want them to spend time with you because there's love involved. They care. Not because they, they want to get something out of you or there's something nothing else to do, so I'll just hang out with you. And so we know those friendships. We know that we love is needed to have those relationships. Uh, COVID, I, know I, hate, I hate bringing that up again, but we know through COVID, how do we feel through COVID? We didn't do well. I didn't. I hated the third lockdown. I hated it. Uh, I was done with it. I, you know, not, not be able to come with the church, not be able to have any ministries here, not seeing the people, right? Get, not getting out of the house. it it was horrible and i know this it's called skin hunger i it's i promise you it's a real term when i read it i i I thought that was kind of weird it makes sense but as we're created god created us to love and to be loved and when we don't have that our, our skin is hungry hungry for that it wants that it craves that and so we are by design created by god to love and be loved and so Today, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 13. Now, I know what you're thinking, the wedding chapter. This was not written for a wedding. This was not written. Paul didn't write this about husband and wife, how you are to be with one another. You've probably heard that many times in that situation. It's okay. But Paul wrote this for the church in Corinth because of the issues that were happening in that church. They they were blessed more than anybody else with the gifts of the Spirit. Yet, they did it without love. And so Paul is writing this chapter, showing them, without love, it's useless. It's worthless to God. And so, there may be some of us here, may have been hurt by a church at some point, point. and I would say all of us in this, in this body here, we've all been hurt, all been uh, disappointed, all been maybe frustrated in the in the body in the church it's like the old joke does anybody here get under your nerves get on your nerves if not you don't go here right we're we're family right what happens when you're with your family too long what happened in COVID when you're with your family too long we didn't do too well did we <laughs> right you kind of got into those nerves you're tired of seeing them right? Maybe this is the way they chewed. You just want to choke them. The way they just maybe look at you, you just had enough. Well, the same here with the body. We, we spend time together, right? We're, we're, we're here worshiping God together. We're here with the, walking with our lives, doing ministries together. We're, we're still sinful. We're not perfected yet. God's still working on us. And so, by that, we're going to have issues with each other. We're going to disappoint one another. We're going to hurt one another. But as we read through this chapter, we see what the difference is. How to make sure that hurt doesn't continue on. How to make sure that even though, because it will happen, we will do something against somebody, intentionally or not. But how do we go from there on both sides? Those that are hurt and those who did the hurting. And so, being a youth and young adult pastor, I've had many... Youth kids come to our youth group and young adults come because the church that they were at didn't love them. Things happen there that were, they didn't show compassion, didn't show mercy, didn't show love, didn't show forgiveness. And so they come here. And it happens more than I, I wish it would happen. I, 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 it boggles my mind sometimes the things I hear. And I know there's always two sides of the story. I'm not saying like every time someone comes here it's perfect, you know, what they say and whatever, but... I hear the stories, and I wish it wasn't true, but they come here for a reason, I'm not quoting this, this is, I'm giving all the glory to God, not me, ask my leaders, it's not about me, so they come here because they see love, they see something different, they see something they crave here, and that's what, that's the great thing, that's why I'm here, I see that love, I see the people here caring for one another, loving one another. And when we do that, we do that well, it gets noticed. It's also noticed by Satan. And so I wanted to share that today because he's going to want to tear this down. He's going to want to divide us. He's going to want to stop what we're doing here that shows love to others. And we know churches don't do it well all the time. We've all probably been a part of a church split at some point been here at grace long enough you've been probably part of a few of them and so the the warning we get from this today is not to go down that road again if we not to not to have any division not to have anyone leave because they're hurt without any resolution not to go through our lives living our gifts out living together in the body without love and so this year, the New Year's resolution, I know we all, we all make them, right? I think there was a, a joke that went around, a meme, I know I'm dated, uh, when, went around the internet saying that um, all the gyms are all excited because everybody's going to pay for them this month and then they never show up, right? So they're, they're excited because they get all this money and don't have to worry about all these people showing up. So I would, as we go through this, we go through this chapter, as we, we see what God is saying, what the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to tell that church that we can get today is let's... Let's put that resolution today on love. Let's hear what Paul is saying to the church. Let us put our energy or focus on that. Because that's what's going to matter. And as we see, love will never end. There's other things we're going to talk about that will end. But love never will. And that's what matters. So let's read 1 Corinthians 13one 7 If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, And if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice. And unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I was going to add, love never fails. And we see here what kind of love Paul is talking about. It's the love that we have for one another, seeing the worth in that person the same way God does. That's the love he's getting at here. It's not, oh, do I love you today? Do I feel like loving you today? What can I get out of you so then maybe I'll love you? It's not that. It's not what the world categorizes love. It's God's standard. And we're going to see later on how much He values each and every one of you. How His love was shown to each and every one of us. And so we're going to see here, this, the point here, point one in these first three verses is... Spiritual gifts, gifts done without love are worthless to God. We're going to see the problem here at the church. They took these gifts, and they became kind of like a merit badge or a ranking. And they said, because I have these gifts, I'm better than you that have this other gift. These gifts are higher than these other ones. Kind of the showy gifts, right? The gifts that they could show publicly, that people could see. But the funny thing is, who gave them the gifts? The Holy Spirit. They didn't earn them. They didn't create them. It is God, the Holy Spirit, who gives us these spiritual gifts. We can't brag about them. We can't boast about them. It's like if someone made, you know, made a, a nice wooden table, gave it to you, and you say, look what I did. I made this. I say, no, you didn't. Why are you bragging about that? It was given to you, already complete, already made. You get the benefit of having it. The same with our gifts. The Holy Spirit gives us purposely this gift in the body so the body works properly. For us to boast about it, to be arrogant, it's just crazy. We didn't create this. We have no right to boast about it. It is God who gets the glory, the credit in these gifts. So we see here, Paul, in the first three verses, he's, he's talking about himself. He puts himself in these situations. And so in verse 1, he says, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So Paul is saying, if I, had, if I had the ability to speak all the tongues, even the, the angelical language, but I don't have love, It's just a noise. And Paul alludes to what he's saying in in 14.7. He's saying it's like a a lifeless instrument making a noise that you you can't understand the tune. It makes no sense. Just saying anybody who has kids or has been around school kids in grade 5, they get a recorder. We all know that annoying sound. It doesn't make, there's noise, but it doesn't make a tune. It doesn't make a song. It's just an annoying noise that you wish that it would throw it away or you go somewhere else. That's the same thing Paul is saying here. If he had all these things, but he had no love behind it. There's no benefit for the body. There's no blessing to the body. It's just a noise. It's just something like, well, who cares? It doesn't help us. It doesn't mean anything. It's useless. And we see here in verse 2, he goes on, he keeps building the the gifts and what's going on because this is what's going on in the church. These are the things that they are bragging about. These are the things that they are boasting in their lives. In verse 2, he says, if I have the gift of prophecy and knowledge, and sorry, and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith as remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Can you imagine having that? Paul was laying out. I have all the knowledge. Have, know all the mysteries. To have all faith. What did Christ say? If you have faith of the mustard seed, you can move mountains. Paul is saying here to have all the faith, not a mustard seed, all of it. We'd all want to have that kind of gift, would we not? To have that knowledge, know all the mysteries of God, to know all the knowledge, and have all the faith. Be able to move the mountain to do this miracle. But without love, Paul's saying it's useless. You have nothing. It doesn't matter. Then he goes on to the third one. He says, verse 3, if I, have, if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. And what Paul is saying here is somebody who you know, gives their things away when it's needed. And that's a noble thing, right? If there's someone has a need, you sell your possessions, you give that possession to that person who's in need. But there's no love behind it. God's not going to bless you for it. God's not going to, you know, thank you for it. There's nothing behind it. And as we get to the next one, if, uh, if you look at the early translations in the Greek, it says here in my uh, Bible here, it says, if I surrender my body to be burned... In the older translation says, if I deliver up my body, that I may boast. I think that word is a better word to use today as we look through uh, these verses and what the mindset was. To give your body up so that you can boast. See, at that time, the Christians weren't being burned to the stake. Nero wasn't happening yet. And so they think there was change later on when Christians were going through and being persecuted that way. But if we see the mindset of, of the church in Corinth, it's all proud. It's all me, and we see that if I deliver up my body so that I may boast. What's it profit you? If you do these things for yourself, to glorify yourself, to think, oh, I'm doing these so God rewards me more. I'm better than these people. I can do this. I'll give myself to my, 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 my life and look at me. God's not going to reward you. You didn't do it in love. You did it for your own selfish reasons. You did it for your own gain. And so, Paul sees here a church that has these gifts without love. And Paul is telling them, it doesn't matter, you have all these things. You can can reach for these things, want these things. But if you don't have love, it doesn't profit you a thing. It doesn't bless the body. It doesn't encrypt the body. It doesn't encourage the body. God's not impressed. It's just worthless to him. And you think... How could this happen? How can you know, a church or people have these gifts but not have love, not have, you know, know God? What does Jesus warn us in Matthew seven twenty-two and 23? There's be those who are going to stand in his presence saying, Lord, I cast out demons in your name. I perform miracles in your name. And what does Jesus say? Depart from me. I never knew you. These things can happen without the person knowing good Christ. And Paul is warning the church. You do this way, do you know God? You can't, you can't do this without having love. If you know Christ is going to be love, it's going to be a part of that. And for us, we can see that for we today do we boast about our gifts? Do we think we're better than somebody else here? Are we motivated to do works for our own gain? Do we like when people pat us on the back or people say, "Oh, you're so wonderful"? Do we take that glory for ourselves, or do we give it to where it belongs? Unfortunately, I've known over my many years, I've heard from pastors, from leaders, from people in the church, in the churches I've been to, brag about their gifts. I've had pastors say they're, they, you know, they pray better than others; they're, they're more in touch with God. I've heard people say that they're better in so-and-so for whatever reason. And that's not the way it's meant to be. It's not, it's, it's not the way Christ designed the church for us. And, I, and I'm here to, to I'm not, if it sounds like I'm pulling a whip out, I, I, don't, I don't mean that to anybody. I'm not trying to beat us all down. But we see this in the church of Corinth, and what, what can we learn from this? How can we show more love to one another? Because the world doesn't. The world shows the love that they decide what love they want to give. The world needs to see Christ's love. And Christ created this church so that we see that love as well. So that we are blessed by it. So that we're equipped by it. So that we are, our needs are looked after. We know the people here are of God. And we know that they care for us. Even though we're different. Even though we have different you know, mindsets, different thoughts, different opinions. We lay those aside because of christ and so we want to make sure that just examine our hearts today and think okay what can i do more how can i show love maybe that person i haven't talked to in a long time or i don't sit beside is there a reason to hold me back is there anything any wedges in my heart against somebody here and i tell my youth kids if you know if you don't get along with somebody Get to know them. Understand their story. Don't just make a quick judgment, or even if you do know them for a long time, you don't know the whole story. Take time to talk to them. Get to know them. Know what's going on. The more you know somebody, the more you understand what's going on and what they're doing at that point. There's a man in this church. The Lord took him home many years ago, but he was the kind of guy, if you came here on a Sunday, you may not even notice he's here. He, he, he wasn't on stage. He was in the worship team. He, he came to church. He, he worked behind the scenes. But his act of love was felt by everyone in the church. You, I just, I'll tell you what he does, and then you, you probably know who he is if you've been here for a while. Every birthday, everyone had in this church. Right? He wrote a card. Simple little thing. A card. He he wrote on there, happy birthday. You had it in your mail slot. And after what you're here for a bit, we we all were looking for that card. We all felt joy from that card. We all felt loved from that, from that man. And that, that love that we felt outweighed the cost of that card and the time it took him to write that. The joy that he brought this church in that, was incredible and so we we, we shouldn't like the church in Corinth measure one another measure what love is here what we should be doing what gifts we have he wasn't a boastful man he wasn't looking for glory he did it because he loved us he might not even know you but he gave you a card, why? because you're part of the body, because you're here that's all that matters you love because you're here. There's no other requirement. And for us, we may, we may look at those that are, you know, we, we see openly they're gifting. We may raise them higher in our minds. But we ought not do that. Because just as important as the person who stands out front and is seen every week, is just as important as the person behind the scenes that does a little thing for us. The Holy Spirit gives us each and every one a different gift. Now, we all can't be on the worship team, can we? It would be kind of crazy. We all stand up here and we're singing in an empty church, right? The Spirit does it purposely because it's the body. We all have different parts. Christ is the head and the the church is the body. Some, the gift of preaching, the gift of music, the gift of hospitality, all the different gifts. Some of the gifts go behind the scenes. But if the spirit didn't give you, give us all the right gifts, the body wouldn't function. you think of your body. If your finger here said, I don't like the one beside me. I'm not going to, I don't want to be beside him. I don't want to work with him. I'm going to work against him. What happens? Your hand's not functional. It's not listening to the brain, the commands that it's giving. It's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. So the rest of the body works completely. Same with as the church. You, you know, you may even think, "Oh, my gift I have, yeah, maybe it's 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 insignificant. It's it's little." No, it's not. It's designed perfectly by the Spirit for you, so that the body can work together. You may feel, because no one sees you or you're not seen at all, that it's it's not. There's no value to it. Or that you don't get any recognition or any, um, you know, gratitude for it. But God sees it. God will bless you for it. That's our eye should be on. Not for manly accolades, but for God to be happy that we are doing what He has given us. And it's important, all these parts in the body, to work properly. You can only love God as much as you love the person you hate most. i say that again. I know it's kind of a weird thing. You only can love God as much as you love the person you hate most. John's very clear about this. You read 1 John, many times he goes over this. 1 John 4:20 says, if anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he's a liar. You cannot hate your brother and sister in Christ and then say, I love you, God. Whatever you do to one of these is what you do to me. And so for us, in this church, I am blessed by this church. I see the love in this church. I see the people caring for one another. How they share, how they, 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 they do. There's people here, if, you, if, if they knew you needed something, they'd be over there without you knowing and do the work. There'd be people there praying for you in person and at home there would be people there helping you if there's finances. If you didn't have any food, there'd be, there's a line of people making food for you. There's people there that help you in times when then you need to be corrected. That's even harder. But there's people here that would do that. And all those people make this church. And that's the blessing of this church. And that's why we want to protect this. We want to grow this in our church that we don't let these things get in between us these things to divide us for us to focus on the, ourselves and not on God and to open our doors to those who desperately need to be here those who have been at other churches and those who do not know Christ to walk in here and say what what is this I'm taken as I am I don't need to change they love me for who I am and go why what is this love And see who it is. It's Christ. And Christ will change them. The Spirit will work on them to make them his own. And so the second thing we see, the next point here in the verses four to seven, Paul lays out what true love is. He's telling the church: this is what love looks like. This is what you're lacking. You've gotten the gifts, but you forgot about the love. And this is what he lays out perfectly. Here And there's, there's, a, there's 13 here or 14 here. I'm going to go through each one. We can zip through it quickly. But if we take each time and, and just go through each one of these, we see the standard. We see the mark that we have to go to. And we see why we need God to obtain this love. Because we're not the first ones to do it. We'll touch on that in a minute. So in verse 4a... Paul starts out with, love is patient. Meaning love is tolerant, under, even under suffering. Patience, you, you wait. And so for us here today, we may have to wait on God. We may have to wait on the person here. Right? We're not on the same uh, journey, are we? Some of us you know, need some more time. We need to be patient with one another. We can't say, you should be here by now. You should know this by now. You should have this under control by now. No, if we love the person, we're patient. We're patient too if, if we have to, if there's any suffering in our lives. We're patient with one another. Next, Paul says, love is kind. Being merciful, being compassionate to one another. Looking at that person, you may not know what's going on in their life. Right? We all have things that are happening and not all of us know everything here, Right? And so, we, you know, if a person comes in and maybe we meet somebody and we don't get the response we like, we need to have compassion. Go, okay, maybe something's happening. Maybe something's going on in life. I don't know. But I'm not going to jump to conclusions. I'm not going to, to make a judgment call. I'm going to be merciful. Even if it was uh, uh, not called for. It, I'm going to love them. I'm going to forgive them. As you see here, Paul goes more and more into the, the different things here. How They kind of, they kind of blend together. And then Paul tells us from this, from 4B on, what love does not do. The first thing he says, love does not envy. It's not jealous. Church in Corinth was very jealous. Those who didn't have much were jealous of those who did. Those were the different gifts that they, as humans, ranked. They were jealous that they didn't have the gifts that were as popular. They were the ones that were the ones to have. For us, make sure that we don't become jealous of one another. What does that lead when we we'll become jealous? You can't love if you're jealous of somebody. It takes you down a road where more sins will come attached to it. And there'll be more of a division. There won't be any forgiveness. There won't be any moment to stop and think for, of the other, to love and serve the other. He goes on to say, love does not boast. Don't think so much of yourself. Don't think you're the best thing since sliced bread. Don't think this church can't operate without you. Don't think these people need you more than anything else. No. It is God. It's not us. Don't boast. Don't think that we're better than anybody else. Don't think that, you know, look at me. Look what I've done here. Look what I can do. When you go into ministry, it's very clear you realize that God doesn't need us, right? God has somebody else in line if we don't do it. And in my story too, it's so clear that I'm only here because of God. I, I'm humbled by God. It's not because of my gifting, not because of anything I have done, have I you know, taught myself that I'm here. It's all because of God. A guy who would stutter would, I'd probably throw up when I was younger. If I was up here right now, I would forget what I was saying, my head would be spinning, would run from here in a heartbeat from doing this. It's not me, it's God. And so we need to humble ourselves and think, no, even though you may be doing something here that is great in God's glory, but humble yourselves. Don't ever let yourselves become arrogant, haughty, an attitude. Next one, love is not arrogant, attention-seeking. My opinion, on oneself. See how they think. They, we kind of blend in these things as we go through. One starts, and we get more and more. Don't do, do things to glorify. Don't do things so people go, "Oh, you're wonderful." Don't. You are you know, insecurity. You're feeding that insecurity. Do it for God. Do it for others. Don't do it for yourself. It's not love. Is not rude. It's not unpleasant to be around. Watch what you say, how you act. Show kindness to one another. Even to those who don't show kindness to you. Don't be rude back to those who are rude to you. does not insist on its own way. Right? We all like it in our own way. I ask my wife, you know, we have conversations about where we should put this, how we should put that in the house, and we have different opinions. Right? And so usually, you know, you get into an argument or, you know, okay, fine, do it that way. Does it really matter? Now she's going to come to me after this and say, does it matter now? (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm stubborn, I know. But in the church, we shouldn't demand our own way. We shouldn't demand what, I want it this way, so it has to be done this way. I'm in control. I know better. No, we're here together. We're the whole body. We're not an individual part telling the rest what to do, how to do it. We're a body, pieces all together. You may have a great idea. maybe the right way. But in love, we do it the way God showed us. Without sinning against one another. Without hurting one another. Without tearing one another down. It's not irritable. Getting frustrated and getting angry at somebody. Because when you're angry, you hate somebody. If you hate somebody, you can't love them. Love doesn't do that. Or resentful we've all done this. We've all kept in our mind on the little checklist, aha, you did this to me, I'm going to get you back. Right? I've known people that had that checklist for decades. They won't let it go. When you keep that little check mark, okay, you said this to me and that person did that to me and they looked at me this way, I'm going to get them back. What happens? You, there's no love in your heart for that person. You're taking judgment on yourself to take it on on them. God's the only one they can judge. We can't show love to that person. We can't be like Christ to them. We show division. <clears throat> does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. We don't rejoice when somebody fails. We don't rejoice when somebody's caught in sin. We don't go, ha, I knew it. Right "Oh, I'm so best, day. best day of my life, right? They got caught out, haha, the life's going to crumble down. Even if there's a message being preached and we think, "Oh, so-and-so should have been here today." Or we nudge the person beside us, Are you listening?" No. What happens is you're the one that the message is being spoken to. Nobody else. We don't think about that. We don't think, hey, you know what, they're, they need to hear this. They, they need it, not me. We don't rejoice in that. We rejoice in the truth, God's truth. We rejoice in the good thing. If someone comes back to, the, you know, someone gets caught in sin, but they come back and repent, and they're restored back to God's body, that, we rejoice in that. That's what we rejoice in. We don't say, no, nah, you're, you're, you know, what well, you did, no way, go away. We don't want you here. You're not good enough anymore. No, we don't. We look at the good things. We look at what the truth of God has been shown to us and we we want to rejoice in these things. We see here Paul ends out in verse 7. Covers everything here. He says love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I want to end with love never ends. One day the gifts will end. When Christ comes back and takes us home, there's no more need. But love will never end our life and eternity together, love will be there, will be present. I want to quickly just, uh, my last point, you, you know, if, you, if you're here for the first time, you don't know Christ, you, you, you haven't made that commitment. It is because of Christ. Christ is our example. Christ is our mark that we, as Christians, we go for, that we live up to. He, what he says is our standard that we, not what we think, or what we choose for ourselves, but we know that's what, how we live. That's how we love. And he is the perfect example of love. What did Christ do? We, a few weeks ago, Christmas, we celebrated when he came down to this earth. He showed his love. And right from the get-go, did he, was love shown back to him. We all hated him in our lives before we knew him. When Christ came, we see here what Paul shows in verse of. For be on. People were jealous when Christ came down. Right from his birth to his death, they wanted to kill him. Love was not shown. They thought they were better than Christ. They boasted in front of Christ and said, No, I, I know more than you do. I'm better than you. They were arrogant against Christ. They were rude to him. How did they cheat Christ? Treat Christ the Pharisees and those who came along who didn't like what he said. They insisted on their way, telling Christ, I don't need you. I can get to heaven my own way. The rich young ruler. I've done everything perfectly. What else do I need to do? Christ showed him quickly his heart. all your possessions. Give it to the poor. Follow me. Couldn't do it. Nope. He knew a better way. They became angry, irritated at Christ for the things He said, didn't like it. They were be angry. They hated him. They kept a record of his wrongdoings in their mind. The Pharisees, right? He did this, this, and this. He made it up as well. They rejoiced in wrongdoing. They were happy that he went to the cross. They were happy that they were getting rid of him. Christ was not shown love, but he showed us true love. Well, yet we still hated him. He came and loved us. He came to serve us. He walked that road. He gave, in, in the Gospels, we have a perfect example of how to live like Christ. That's our mark. As he came close to the end, he brings the apostles together to carry on his message while he, he knows he's going to be taken home soon. And with those apostles, the blessing we get, the teachings, and also we get the church. Because of Christ, we have this. We have this place we come to. We have this body that we, we have together and to be blessed by him. This church was created for us to come together to be equipped, to be corrected, to be taught, to be loved, to be a place where we feel Christ together. If we, if we didn't know Christ, we wouldn't be sitting in this room. We can look at each other and go, I wouldn't hang out. with Most of most you say, I wouldn't hang out with this guy. Right? We don't have anything in common. Who is this guy? But because of Christ, we do. It's not because of our achievements. It's not because of how smart we are or how much money we have or we can get from one another. It's because of Christ. We're here together not because of anything we can do. It's be brought here because of Christ. And together as a body, we love each other. We care for each other. We see Christ in one another. And we give him that glory. And so, this year, let's look at how we love each other. If we're struggling with that, and for you, for those who are here maybe don't know Christ, we need to be forgiven. We need a Savior. We understand that the sins that we have, we couldn't pay for them. We couldn't correct them. And those who are, for us as believers, the reason why we believe in Christ is because we understand we needed forgiving. We needed someone to pay the debt, and that was Christ. We know what we've done against him. And today, as we go through, and we struggle with each other, these things will happen. Somebody will say something. The wrong day, wrong moment, you're hungry, you're tired, you hear something, you think you hear something, it may put a wedge between you and that person. Don't think about yourself. Think about what Christ did for you. All the times you sin against him, and we still do as Christians. We're not perfect. We're perfect when he calls us home. But we sin against God, and he forgives us. His love is enormous. His mercy is his kindness. The times where we, in Scripture it says that we commit adultery against him, when we love things more than him. How many times have we done that? And how many times has he brought us back without any conditions? Though saying, no, I'm going to wait for a bit before I call you back. Uh, I need to wait. You need to do this and this before I forgive you, before I bring you back into my arms. He doesn't. And that's the standard for us. When someone's against us, remember, what did I do to Christ? What did Christ do to me? What does he do for me every single day? That's my standard for each other. And so if someone's hurt you, maybe here or somewhere else, take that time, remember what you've done to Christ, what Christ has done for you. He pours into you daily. He took you as you are. When we came, when we asked for forgiveness, He didn't say, no, you don't make the mark. You're not good enough. He took us, forgave us, adopted us into the sons and daughters of the Father. We have the inheritance that we get. He poured his treasures on us. And for this church to pour that on one another, to pour that love, that we see the body working together. And those outside see how great God is and see how a bunch of people, different walks of life, different mindsets, still come together, loving God, loving each other, forgiving each other, thinking the best of one another. Encouraging one another. When someone's hurting, we all hurt. When someone is, is, you know, being lifted up, we we, we rejoice with that. And so this year, let's just take time and make sure that we're loving one another. We don't allow Satan to get his claws into this church. To divide us. To share that love with one another. Let's pray. Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, we come here, Lord. To worship you to honor you how great you are it is all because of you lord that we are here it's all because of you that you can present me into the father i have nothing to give you have given me everything lord we thank you we praise this church We thank you for this church lord i thank for the people here and Lord, what a blessing it is to be here at grace i pray lord that your spirit is loud in each and every one of our hearts that we don't allow any any sin lord to creep into our hearts against one another here Lord, that we can have the courage and, 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 Lord, the faith is to go to that person, make it right. To ask for forgiveness if it's our fault. To look at each other, Lord, in the best way. To encourage each other, to serve one another, Lord. To be the example that you have done for us. How, Lord, you came and served us. And for us, Lord, to serve one another. And we do that, Lord, because we love you. Our motive is to glorify you, to love you, Lord. And We pray, Lord, that we show that love to one another, how much we love and care for you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.